I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics, where we keep the rationalist community informed about what's going on outside of the rationalist community. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. This is episode number 93. We're recording on October 9th, 2023, Columbus Day. Happy Columbus Day. controversial holiday. (laughs) Indeed. Um, And, you know, uh, happy Indigenous Peoples Day to those who celebrate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Ineash, we have some feedback? We do have some feedback. What is this feedback? Uh, this came from Pointless One on the Discord, who was very upset about David's troop deployment. I'm not sure, do we do feedback? Well, I guess we do feedbacks on troop deployments. Yeah, we do that all the time. Okay, uh, who says that modern games mostly don't come with a physical medium, even on consoles. Uh, and someone else pointed out that half the price of a $60 video game for the N64 was making the cartridges. Like, literally half the price. Plus then shipping it out, distribution, packaging, all that takes a little cut. Retailers take, I don't know how much retailers take. I think, isn't it like 25, 30, 50%? Yeah, probably less than Steam does. Yeah, well, I don't know. I have no idea how much Steam takes, but also... I think they do like 30%. Steam is like not the way most um console buyers buy their games they get them directly through playstation network or microsoft or whatever anyways no but it's how most pc gamers buy their games uh that's a good point but pointless one was basically saying um did you fool this has nothing to do with inflation the prices are actually entirely reasonable when you figure how much cost savings there have been in addition to the increase in the market that are buying these things so i don't know yeah so that's <laughs> fair if one actually has done the homework to back up the claim that uh, that uh, the cost of video game production has been roughly constant, but Pointless One didn't. So basically, I'm inviting Pointless One to revise and resubmit when they've actually done math and can show me numbers. Ooh, shots um, fired. Um. Uh, yeah, and like the the basic claim he's making, I assume it's a he. If I'm wrong about that, sorry. Um, but the basic claim is that the cost of video game production has been exactly inverse to the um, to inflation for the last twenty ish years, and that just seems wildly implausible to me. Uh, we've had perfect nominal price stickiness and that means you almost certainly have significant over or under costing uh, because either you'll have those costs keeping up with inflation or you'll have them failing to keep up with inflation um, or rather you'll have them exceeding inflation or failing to keep up with inflation and when I look at the video games market, I see a lot of the signs of an undercosted product, lower quality, um, less uh, innovation, etc. And so, yeah, I, I personally don't buy it, but if he wants to come up with some actual numbers and work out the actual math, I would certainly be interested in reading that. All right, well, David, I have a piece of happy news for you. Oh? Yes, just last week I bought Starfield, Bethesda's new game, and it was $70. What? That's yeah. half of the way that to where <laughs> I want to be and uh, fifth of the way to where, or no, um, 
a sixth of the way to where Enyash thinks he we should be because he wants to return to the nineties. Well, in in every way possible. Damn it! I can't argue that. <laughs> <laughs> you have me there. All right. Uh, we have another follow up. Uh, Eniash, was this you also? Yes. Um, in the last episode, we talked about how Azerbaijan and Armenia are gearing up for war. Uh, Azerbaijan won. That was, that was pretty <laughs> oh, quick. Oh, they did the war already? <laughs> they did the war already. Jeez. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means that the little section of... Well, I don't know how little it is. That the section of uh, Armenia that they were fighting over, which was a self-declared republic of Nag- Nagorno-Karabakh. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, they, uh, they surrendered, and they're going to be part of... Um, Azerbaijan now. Hey, um, congratulations to Azerbaijan. Well, that's, I guess it's good-ish that the war is over because looks like new war just dropped is our new recurring segment. Indeed, that brings us to new news where, uh, as David mentioned, a new war has just dropped. This time between Israel and the Palestinians. I don't think this is really new, new, but it's it's new-ish. Well, so, uh, this part's so pretty new. Yeah, I mean, so are the three new war just dropped sections we've reported on so far. That's fair. Uh, so on Saturday, it was Saturday, right? Yeah, yes. The uh, Hamas, who is is in charge of the elected government of the Gaza Strip. Uh, launched a huge attack on Israel with uh, a bunch of people just, like, growing across the border, uh, grabbing random people, killing them, dragging them back to Gaza, um, basically doing terrorist stuff. Uh, real pretty shitty. Yeah. Um, of the year. Yeah. This was on the, the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, uh, probably, probably on purpose. Because Hamas can't help but be the biggest dicks possible. Does it? Um, wait, does that really make you a bigger dick to launch <laughs> on a Yom Kippur war anniversary? Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, if your whole I mean, point is to kill I mean, Jews, when you're, when you're doing, doing it when you're on a going significant date, raping, murdering, and pillaging, like you've gotten pretty close to topped out. Yeah. But yes, it does nudge the the needle a little. I okay. Like, the raping and murdering is really what got me. The, the anniversary, I'm not sure how I could give a shit about it in comparison. I don't mind that you don't give a shit, but you should realize that the Israelis do. All right. Um, apparently, they ju- there was a music festival going on not too far from the border that they ran into and just, like, massacred completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, uh, which... specifically, a music festival uh, called... Uh, something like, um, hang on, let me find the name. Uh, I hope it's like Peace Fest. It (laughs) was something along the lines of Peace Fest. Oh, good. Um, there have been lots of takes, uh, not too many of them good. Um, Israel is basically like, wow, all right, I guess we're at war now, so, uh, you guys are about to get fucked. And uh, that's definitely what's going to happen. Yep. I, um, well, I mean, shit's going to get really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I I don't know. The whole thing is fucking horrific. I don't know. I'm really glad that we do not do a 24-hour newscast or even like when something breaks, we report on it. Because two days ago, I would have said many things, which I would probably now regret having said. Um, 
but but this is this is legit awful and i don't see how this sort of shit can continue i mean it's i have good news for you it's not going to that this is basically hamas deciding that now is the time when they either win or are no longer able to play the game and because they're fighting fucking israel and they're hamas i think we all know which of those two options it's gonna end up being well, no, neither side can win is the problem. There's just going to be a lot of killing. Uh, well, sure, but one of the sides can very definitively lose. What, Hamas? Yes. How would they lose? Uh, Israel could literally depopulate the entire Sh- Gaza Strip if they wanted to. I don't think they could. There's two million people there. <laughs> yeah, and the Israelis have an air force. Yeah, there's the amount of it, tonnage you would need to level all of the Gaza Strip is is more than than they have. Like you, and and also importantly, uh, you are I don't think there's the political nuclear program, right? Well, and they oh, sure. have a lot of that. It, look, it's a lot of people, but they're packed into a very small area. I you could drive the Gaza Strip end to end long ways in like forty five minutes if traffic's good. I don't think there's the political will to use nukes or to literally genocide two million people. Like, the okay. best well, option well, if that's... they want to depopulate it is to cut them off from all resources, and then you have, what, two million refugees streaming into Egypt? That doesn't make the situation much better. This just in, they've cut them off from all resources. I, I know. <laughs> I don't disagree, but they won't is different from they can't. Yeah, they absolutely could. They won't. Okay. Um, I I don't know. I have no idea what they're gonna do. Um, currently they've yeah declared war. Uh, shot a bunch of rockets into the Gaza Strip. Cut off the water and electricity. Um, and I think I think as of now that's basically been the response. Um, but they are gearing up for like a serious war. They start calling. You know they've called back in the reserve troops, and it sounds like they're getting everybody ready to to go into Gaza. They have also uh, significantly weakened Israel's national gun control policies, which why the cinnamon toast fuck does Israel have a national gun control policy? I think one of the most interesting takes I've seen on this so far uh, has been the idea that Hamas did this because they think with with the rest of the world's armies and munitions strained in Ukraine, uh, Uh, Ukraine right now, this is a great time to get Israel to invade them in a land war where they can basically Vietnam them in urban centers and just drain lives forever. Because Hamas, I I looked this up, the Palestinian, well, I was told, I I did not do independent research. Uh, The Palestinian people, especially the ones in the Gaza Strip, have an average age of 19.6 and a total fertility replacement of more than 3.5, which means that they're they're well situated to just throw young men's bodies at this and grind away the will for a more technologically advanced society to, to fight because you lose a lot of the things that tech can get you when you're just fighting street to street, door to door in an urban center. Yeah, the difference is you can't walk from Ho Chi Minh City to Washington, D.C. If you could, the U.S. would have won Vietnam. We would have had to bomb them back into the Stone Age to do it, but we'd have won. So if that's their plan, it is, as the kids say these days, not a great plan. Uh, The take on their motives that I've heard is that basically the Iranians are using Hamas as patsies to try to uh, torpedo peace talks between Israel and Saudi Arabia. That 
seems plausible to me. Yeah, that's also the most plausible explanation I've heard of. Um, that the if the for whatever motivation besides you know killing as many Jews as possible, right. which let's not forget is definitely a big part of the motivation. Um, is yeah to to disrupt those talks basically by provoking Israel into a reaction that causes Saudi Arabia to back off the peace talks and you know the global community to be like, oh Israel, you're such bullies. Yeah, and to be clear, I don't think that's Hamas's motivation. But I think one of the reasons they've had so much success is because they're getting Iranian support, and that's Iran's motivation. Oh, sure. I, do you honestly think there's any chance that the global community is going to say, Israel, you're such bullies, after basically savages yes. cross the border, raped and yes, murdered Yes, they're people? already doing it. I think if their response to uh, Hamas's attack is remotely proportional and effective, yes, absolutely they will. Mm. Yeah, if their response is anything like, uh, you know, the United States' response to when we were attacked in a big terrorist attack, then yes. Also, just so you're aware, Israel has been condemned by the UN's um, uh, Human Rights uh, Commission more than I think every other country put together. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the time. I'm not unaware, but but when you see them literally like live streaming their atrocities and cheering about it it's really hard to imagine that people would be on hamas's side in any of this i mean that well, is an give it a incredibly week. rosy view of human nature and i don't want to completely destroy your optimism <laughs> bad news yes, for let's you all I... pretend that that was a good take bad news for you i was also watching the news and it turns out there are madmen in the streets of our very nation marching in support of hamas Yep, that happened. That yeah, happened. I mean, I mean, I have trouble getting incensed about that because there's no one more pathetic on earth than U.S. supporters of Palestine. So, shrug. I just, I, you, you guys remember nine? Well, I don't know. Maybe Dave doesn't remember nine eleven. But yes, I remember nine eleven. It's literally my earliest memory. <laughs> okay. Oh God. Wow. That's that's. <laughs> damn. Um, I know because I know because my mom was watching TV, and that's the only time she's watched TV. She watched TV from like 1995 to 2000, and uh, probably 16 ish. Damn. Uh, uh, well, there was after that people, fucking lunatic extremists, saying things like there were uh, there were Muslims in the streets of New Jersey parading around, like cheering the the towers coming down and the loss of life. I mean, what what I would consider a literal blood libel. Like, this is just trying to get people killed by spreading lies about them cheering about people, you know, celebrating the deaths of your kin or eating the blood of your babies or whatever. Yeah, that definitely was a big thing. Yeah, and it was lies. And I I did not think I would live to, to see a time where that basically was taken as an instruction manual for what you should do when such atrocities are committed. Like, I, I can't. Okay, I don't disagree with the point you're making, but maybe don't use that verbiage in this specific context. Which verbiage? Blood libel. Eh, I I mean, I I use it. Blood libel is a very specific thing. Um, so okay, I I will do with dark history related to the prosecution or persecution of Jews. So yeah, I I know the roots of it. I I think it is an appropriate term here, but I don't know if people are sensitive about it. I will think again. Ah. It seems to me like the kind of thing people might be sensitive about. I personally am not, but... Okay, 
If, if anyone listening is sensitive about it, let me know, and maybe we can hash out why. I mean, I kind of figure out why. Maybe we can hash out if I... You know what? I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> All right. The thing Eniash was actually talking about was that a bunch of crazy people held a rally in Times Square to be like, it, yes, this was great. Several this cities, This was a great fact. victory. Oh. God, was it more? Was it other cities, too? There was one in Philly, too. There's one oh, in Jesus. Salt Lake later today. Oh, God. Um. Yeah, so lots of bad takes everywhere. Um, I think the best take was Jesse Single just being like, uh, look, I don't care what your politics are. You can still be like, hey, don't do that. Yeah. Um, you, you know, your opinion on the whole situation doesn't, you don't have to change it to be like, hey, Hamas, dick move. Yeah. Uh, super low bar that not everyone is crossing. Uh, so I'm sure we'll have more on this, uh, next episode. Right now, uh, yeah, the thing happened. Uh, there's been, uh, you know, a, a, uh, Small response so far, but a much bigger one coming. Uh, and, you know, um, my advice is anyone you talk to about this, if they won't be like, hey, Hamas, dick move, um, they're probably not worth talking to. Yeah. All right. Next story. This is from Eniash. Yeah, this is more. I don't know. I like. I tried to pepper in some light stories this week because of how shit the leading news is. Uh, there was an armed Turkish drone that came within 500 meters of U.S. troops in Turkey because uh, Turkey has been uh, striking Kurdish separatists lately. And the just just so everyone's clear, the U.S. and Turkey are allies. They're they're NATO allies. Uh, but the drone came too close, and the U.S. was like, "Whoa, shit!" and they shot it down. So um, NATO allies have shot down each other's hardware for the first time in a while. I think uh, looks to be an accident. Turkey was like, "Oh, sorry, our bad." We didn't mean to get the drone flying that close to you. Uh, and the U.S. is like, yeah, yeah, coo, coo, coo. But, uh, you know, I- interesting interesting aspect of current warfare where that kind of thing just sort of happens and people have to shoot down all drones that get anywhere near them because you never fucking know. That's fun. Also, pretty cool that we now have bombers that we can shoot down without massive diplomatic uh, repercussions. That seems probably like a good thing on net. Yeah. Also, people. No people. Right. Yes, that. Yes, that's why they don't yeah. have massive diplomatic repercussions because there won't be any crying mothers on TV. Right, but also like nobody dies, which is like also a thing, not just the diplomatic fallout. It's cool when nobody dies. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. It's less cool that you know the drone was on its way to bomb possibly civilians definitely people who are broadly speaking morally justified and not wanting to be a part of turkey but what are you gonna do it's what the are you fucking gonna do? middle east <laughs> jesus <laughs> all right well you guys if you want a fun story mm-hmm. i've got one for you it starts out with a west was wrong what that's no story that starts out with the west is wrong can be a fun one no this is fun uh so remember how i said there was going to be a government shutdown i do remember that there wasn't a government shutdown. What? Yeah. McCarthy caved and signed it, put, for, put forward a bill that funds the government for another, oh, I'm going to say month and a few weeks. Does that really count as, I mean, I guess the government didn't shut down, but we just sort of pushed off the shutdown a little bit. That is correct. Ah. The government's still probably going to shut down, but it didn't shut down this week. All right. That's something, I guess. 
<clears throat> yeah. Um, and as thanks for his troubles, Matt Gates threw a tantrum and moved to kick Kevin McCarthy out of the speakership, which passed. So now the House of Representatives has no speaker. Again. <laughs> Again. Have there been more months without a speaker than with a speaker this term? Honestly, probably, but <laughs> probably not since, like, the pre-Civil War era. No, it only took like uh, a week for uh, McCarthy to win the first time. Oh, is that it? It felt like so yeah. much longer. Well, but that's because the, the House of Representatives can't do anything without a speaker except to vote on a speaker. So it took like 15 <laughs> votes. Mm. Um, there is currently an interim speaker, and I couldn't figure out if like the House can just go ahead with the interim speaker and, and do stuff, or if they have to elect like a full-time speaker before they're allowed to pass bills. If you don't even need a real speaker, that sounds like a legit hack they should exploit. But they they might be doing it. Awesome. Um, I'm sure we'll have more on that in a couple of weeks because uh, otherwise the government's going to shut down. Um, there's a couple of Republicans who are running for speaker. Um, nobody I care about. McCarthy's not doing it. He's like, I'm done with this. Is Trump running for speaker? I heard that might happen. <laughs> Trump is not running for speaker. Um, Trump has, has I think he's either said or heavily implied that he would be speaker if they wanted to make him speaker because uh, the House rules don't say you have to be a House member to be speaker. Um, <clears throat> of note, the Speaker of the House is third in line to the presidency after the vice president. Uh, so Ooh. if they do make Trump speaker, I would heavily uh, uh, up, up the uh, security detail on biden and harris oh shit <laughs> yeah and you you honestly think there's a uh there's a chance someone would do that yes no have you seen these trump people i mean they they're, try i don't think they would succeed. definitely want to but i'm not sure they would even try and if they tried they definitely wouldn't succeed yeah i mean i guess but, <laughs> and also just like my experience of doing this show through some of the trump years has told me that there will definitely be a bunch of widely publicized news stories about an assassination campaign, and then two to four weeks later, those stories will all be retracted when evidence comes out that 90% of the people involved were feds. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, except the stories won't be retracted. Ah, eh, true. Because it'll be like, well, 10% of them weren't feds. <laughs> those guys are going to jail. Did anyone ever retract that story about the uh, was it the Michigan governor who was going to get kidnapped? No, no one ever did. I, oh, no? I don't <laughs> no. know. I stopped paying attention. Yeah, it was a bunch of feds convinced some idiots to be like, let's, let's kidnap the governor. And then they all got arrested. Well, we reported on it, so at least we were ahead of the game. That's true. Other news sources, be, be like us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have no, have no idea who's going to be the next speaker. Uh, nobody does. The McCarthy was removed with, uh, seven votes, but other than Matt Gates, I think he needed five. Um, and then all the Democrats <laughs> voted to remove him. So the speaker gets removed if five Republicans don't like him. Well, the, if 50% of the house decides to vote him out. Sure. But they're always going to get all the Democrats, right? Yeah, all the Democrats voted to remove him, and they only needed five more Republicans, because the House is basically 50-50. This is a fun system we got going here. It is a fun system. <laughs> um, now, he could have 
very easily gone to the Democrats and been like, hey, I need like a handful of you guys to vote for me. You know, what do you want? Like, what can what kind of deal can we make here? But he he did not. The Democrats were even like, yeah, we're open to it. What? Let's suck. And he was like, no, fuck you guys. <laughs> so I think I think he just didn't want to be speaker anymore. I think he did it. Oh. And he was like, this sucks. I hate this job. <laughs> um. So he's not doing it anymore. And I have no idea who's going to. That's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe we'll have a new speaker by the next episode. Maybe not. We'll see. All right. Um, Eniash, I'm going to put your, your Tinder story up here. Okay. Tell us about Tinder. Tinder has introduced a new $500 a month plan, which I think is kind of awesome because it, it's basically just letting you do the thing that if you are rich, you want to do, which is let people know you're rich. Tinder's just like, look, he, the main thing it does is let everybody see that you're paying $500 a month for Tinder. Like there's one or two other bonus things, but primarily it gives you a big shiny border that says I paid $500 a month for Tinder. And I can see how that would get you a lot of dates. So uh, interesting Good use of, I don't know, I capitalism? not see how that could possibly get you any dates with someone you would actually want to, you know, date. But I guess the same is true of just using Tinder, so... Wait, wait, do you, you don't think that you would want to date hot girls? <laughs> I mean, it's a necessary but not sufficient condition. Okay, that's, uh, <laughs> very well. It's a credible signal of reckless spending... Which is positively correlated with great wealth. Yes. Uh, but not, you know, necessarily that correlated. I mean, I know there's a lot of varied tastes out there, but a lot of chicks like a lot of wealth. So, you know, it's, it's going to do good things for you if you can swing I it. I like a lot of wealth. Who doesn't like a lot of wealth? I mean, for serious. Yeah. Who would prefer their, you know, their date doesn't make money? Yeah. I guess, I guess lots of dudes, right? Mm. Who are like, oh, so... Also intimidated by women who make more than me. I am quite certain that that's not a thing. You don't think that's a thing? No. Oh my god, it's such a thing. I mean, it's probably a thing, but... I mean, they don't say they're intimidated. They say, like, oh, the the man should make more than the woman in the relationship. But they're intimidated. Everything I've seen says that's by far a preference that women have. Um, Lots of dudes have that preference, too. I think it's... Uh, I mean... Probably lots of dudes have it, but I think that David is correct in that more women have it than men. Yeah, definitely. No, well, I'm just saying it's not like it's not like an unheard of thing that uh, you know a a man would prefer to date a low earning woman. Um, Speaking of low earnings, the Trump Organization (laughs) has been found guilty of fraud (laughs) and lost its business license in New York. Yay! Which is fun. Because the Trump Organization is the parent company of, like, a thousand Trump subsidiary organizations, um, which own all of these real estate in New York. <laughs> um, so he's already lost control of a couple of buildings, um, and it's possible he could lose control of Trump Tower. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the fraud at issue here, um, there was no trial. This was actually granted on summary judgment. The evidence was so overwhelming. Oh, damn. Was that he fraudulently inflated the values of his property to secure favorable loan terms. Um, and they're going to hold a trial just to see like what the penalty should be. Uh, but part of it that's already gone into effect is that, that the organization lost its business license. 
how can the evidence be so overwhelming that they just do it on summary? Like, I mean, so the reason courts grant summary judgment in a civil case is when there is um, no genuine issue of material fact. <laughs> Holy shit. So I feel, I feel like what probably happened is they had all these documents of Trump lying about <laughs> the value of his business <laughs> and then all these other documents showing what the, the business was actually worth. Mm-hmm. And evidence that he saw those documents and knew about them, or it was like the same person doing each one. Um, and when it's a business, it doesn't even have to be the same person. It's just like the business knew this, and the business said this. Um, and there was no credible defense. That's pretty fucking epic. Yeah. Like, what are you going to say? The The documents are right here. Mm. Um, you know, uh, this is... I don't know how how like the politics affected this. From what I from what I've heard from uh, people who probably know what they're talking about, um, this is not a th- a thing that gets brought that often. But when it does, you g- you get the hammer like this. Mm. So it's likely that you know this being the Trump company, uh, you know, is is part of the reason why these charges were brought in the first place. Um, but the penalty is is pretty in line with other other companies that have been found guilty of this. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, I can't wait until somebody buys Trump Tower. What does it mean that he lost his business license in New York? Because he has a lot of properties in New York, right? I, I actually don't know. I know he's got uh, you know a good handful, at least. I'm, I'm, like, he still has to be able to rent <laughs> out those buildings despite not having a business license. Yes? No, the business owns the buildings, from what I understand. Was it Trump? So the business has to wind down its assets. That is, oh my God, that is insane. Why is that insane? Because of the effects it's going to have on Trump and his company to, to have to sell off all its assets in New York. Yeah, well, the effect of his co- on his company is it's a death sentence for his company. Yeah. That's what losing your business license does. I did you not. You can't be a business anymore. I did not realize until you were just reading this article to us that that is what had happened. And I'm yeah. surprised I hadn't heard about this before. Right. So what happened is the company was found guilty of massive fraud. And the penalty for massive fraud is you don't get to be a business anymore <laughs> in the state of New York. Damn. It's like, yeah, it's basically the death sentence for a, a corporation. Well, uh, and the the business owns well the business the business owns all the other businesses and the other businesses own the properties, um, so it's possible he could retain some of them. No one's really quite sure how that's going to work. There's probably going to be all kinds of questions about piercing the corporate veil uh, that'll come up in trial. Um, but basically, yeah, it, there was lots of fraud, and New York don't take too kindly to that, <laughs> and they're like, well. Uh, you can't do business in New York anymore. Sell off all your assets, wind down the business. All right. Yep. Um, all right, Eniash, you have a story for us. All, all I see on this headline is cowards refuse to recognize art. This, I, I, I really kind of love this story because it, um, anyone who thinks that some modern art is cool, but some modern, <clears throat> modern art is just bullshit is probably going to get a kick out of this. Uh, there is a artist who has made a few pieces of art about uh that's just currency of the local uh country that he made the art um equal to an entire year's salary of in that in in that country and put him in a frame uh i think one of them was like it's cash yeah it's the australian whatever their money is and danish whatever their money is 
dollar and do on Chrome. Put them on a canvas in a frame. It's actually kind of interesting. Like I could just like stare at that for a while and consider the implications of like this is what the average person makes across an entire year of their life, like boiled down into paper, right? But uh, the this museum in Denmark wanted something like this, so they gave him uh, roughly seventy thousand dollars of cash. Uh, oh, Eniash. Yeah. Oh, Eniash. Yeah. You've you've made the classic blunder. <laughs> what is the classic blunder? Uh, reading about Austria and thinking it says Australia. <laughs> oh shit! <it> was <laughs> It was Austrian. So they were not didgery dollars. They were not didgery dollars. Dollary dues. Dollary. <laughs> no, those I'm are sorry, also Australian. That was racist of me to mix them up like that. Uh, so yeah, they gave him Danish kroner and wanted him to do the same piece of art for them. And he instead submitted two blank canvases and called the piece Take the Money and Run. <laughs> which, <laughs> yes. That is a fucking awesome art concept, and like, how often do you actually get the opportunity to execute on that? Wait, did they give him the money to put in the 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 art piece? Yes, to put in frames. <laughs> and he just kept it. <laughs> and he kept it. Amazing. <laughs> I know. It's fantastic. You're like, this wasn't visual art, you idiots. It was performance art. Yes, and he says the piece is that I have taken the money. The empty frames just represent that concept. <laughs> It's kind of genius. I loved it. If they were smart at all, they would lean into it. But instead, they like sued What art museum is this? Uh, this Kunsten Museum of Modern Art. That museum is shit. It is total shit. These guys have no idea what modern art is. Yeah, so they sued him. They're like, we want our money back. I'm like, this empty frame could have been worth so much more than the $70,000 they paid for it. Right. Yeah. But you should have just you should have been like okay, but then you have to make a video that we can display next to it, just going nee nee, <laughs> just wallowing in dollar bills like right? uh, Scrooge McDuck. Right? I would have worked with him. Be like, all right, we need something more that we can display with this to like let people know what the story is, and mm-hmm. I know, and 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 you know, we want to make it fun. Yeah. So yeah, the the courts have said, oh, you got to give back the money, but you can keep six thousand of it because they displayed his empty frame, so they. They tried to cash in on it and want their money back. It was just... That's a bunch of assholes. It is. Yeah. I feel like some, some, some better art museum should step in here and be like, we'll buy it. Oh, that'd be good. Right? Yeah. Be amazing. Come on, MoMA. You got the money. Does it count if he has to give the money back, though? No, but they should give him the money. You know what? No, 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 no. He has to really commit to the peace. He should flee the country now. <laughs> <laughs> should abscond. <laughs> yep. I would 1,000% back that on Kickstarter. Oh, hell yeah. Grantham Asylum in the United States. Dude, for the sake of art, we absolutely should. He's a a political uh, refugee. Yeah. We've got the biggest art balls of them all. Um, Remains to be seen. That's true. But we could prove it if we did give him the asylum. All right. Well, speaking of big balls, Mm. our next story is about Alabama and the balls on their legislature. Mm. So... This is a fun thing that happened. Alabama has super racist voting districts. Um, and they're so racist that the Supreme Court of the United States, our Supreme Court, uh, with the six conservatives, said it was too racist. It's <laughs> pretty racist. That's pretty racist. And they were like, redraw this map to be less racist. Alabama took the map, you know, made one of the lines a little crooked. 
I was like, okay, here's the less racist map. Uh, and the Supreme Court, or the, 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 the lower court that they took it to was like, no, <laughs> this is not, this is not less racist. And you know what? You don't get to draw this. Now we're going to draw it. And they, they actually, I think they just used one of the, the alternative maps that the other party submitted. They were like, this is going to be the map now. <clears throat> so now there's like a fair map in Alabama. When they could have had a super gerrymandered map that was, you know, just a little bit racist. Instead, they tried to get the super racist one and lost control of their redistricting process. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. Right? I love this story. Because I just... I love courts enforcing their orders because they so often don't. Mm. They just, this is a thing in family law that drives me nuts. I get court orders for shit all the time and the people don't do it. And then I have to go back to court, which takes months. And then once I'm in front of the judge, they're just like, all right, I'll I'll just issue an order telling them to do it again. I'm like, the fuck, man? He's he's, he's not going to do it once again. Yeah. Or if he does, it's still four months late. What's the punishment for that? Oh, nothing? Mm. Cool. Cool, judge. So I love stories where the court issues an order, somebody defies the order, and they're like, "Uh uh-uh, fuck you. Nice. We actually care about people following our orders. Uh, So that's that's my favorite thing about federal court. That they don't fuck around with people not following their orders? Yeah. If only only they had, you could do divorces in federal court. Mm. But sadly, you cannot. All right. Eniage, it's time for your indulgent section on artificial intelligence I promise that nobody be short. except you cares about. I, this is some interesting stuff about artificial intelligence. <laughs> interesting to you. Well, I, I no longer troll for, troll for artificial intelligence news, so this is stuff that came to me naturally from other people that were also extremely excited about it. All right, what's the AI news? Okay, so Anthropic, they're the guys we talked about last year, not last year, last episode that had uh, the $4 billion given to them by Amazon. Uh, they announced a step forward in interpretability. Interpretability. Uh, interpretability is the ability to figure out what the fuck is these machines are doing because, you know, we we kind of don't really know. They're sort of a black box. And we've been getting better at seeing, like, what the neurons go to. I think we reported on this a few episodes ago where they uh, were able to map neurons to when they lit up to specific uh, items. Uh, one of the problems with that is that, like, a neuron will light up for... A vast number of different items. Uh, they, they only actually got 2% of the neurons well mapped because a lot of them are just like, you, you lights up for seven different things. Uh, they have now found patterns of neurons that when they activate, they map to what they're calling features, which are separately representing things like a DNA sequence or legal language or HT requests, like a solid individual concept. This same network of these neurons will always light up uh, when when that is the thing that is being thought about. Uh, And artificially activating these features by by activating those neurons causes the model to change their behavior in predictable ways, as you would predict as if you were introducing the concept of an HTTP request into the middle of a, of a thought. So uh, this is this is a useful tool for figuring out like what is actually going on inside these strange alien minds that we have created. And uh, that'll be useful for avoiding, you know, the AIs coming for us all eventually, maybe someday. It's going to help. It's a tool. Eniash was a valiant effort to make that interesting. <laughs> you don't think it's interesting that we can now read a mind of an alien that we have created? I think or it would not be at all. really interesting if you watched Three Blue One Brown's video on deep learning and learned what the actual terms for the things you're talking about are. 
I'm trying to make this <laughs> relatable to the people who are listening that do not do deep dives because I know that's two of you who just do not want to hear all the little details. All right. What's the next story? So this uh, Anthropic Exam, the same company we were just talking about that's gotten the billions of dollars and doing this research, uh, their CEO and co-founder says that there's a good 75 to 90% chance that humanity won't be wiped out by AIs. So Hey, that's yeah. good news. We should have put that in happy news. <laughs> That's yeah, that's great news. Up to a ninety percent chance we won't all die. I mean, if you ask Yudkowski, he's probably like, ah, well, like five percent probably. No, he's he's at almost zero percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That was way too that was way too uh, optimistic for him. Yeah. Well, this is great. We, we'll probably not all die. Yeah, yeah, that is great. All right, good news. Good news indeed. All right, off the AI stuff. Mm. Um, what's this from Walmart? Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so I guess the rest of these are, again, the more light, fun ones. Walmart, who... Um, Why the like, fuck I've, aren't these all in happy news? <laughs> do you think they should be in happy news? I don't know. The, I, I mean, mean, we have no. two items in happy news. <laughs> Spoilers. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> uh, I don't think don't this one's happy news. Yeah, they're just interesting. Yeah, Anyways, fair. so interesting thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that last one is happy news. We're probably not all dying. That's great. Happy stuff. Yay. All right. But this one uh, is what? Walmart. Uh, like every retail chain nowadays has the little cards you can scan to get discounts. And uh, with that, they know what you buy. Maybe not you specifically, but what the account number that uh, you specifically is stable buys. Anyways, people who are on the Azempic drug, the one we've been talking about a lot that just reduces weight and apparently has a neat side effect of maybe giving you the ability to resist addiction and have a lot more willpower. Cool stuff. Um, they say those users who are buying the or those shoppers who are buying that drug are buying less food, like literally shows up in their macro data as people are simply buying less calories uh, that are on this drug, which I don't know. It, the fact that it was such a big effect that it showed up was kind of mind blowing to me. And in retrospect, if we believe this drug works, which it does, uh, as far as we can tell, then obviously we would expect to see less food being bought. And this is something my brain should have already figured out just by simple first order correlations. And yet it did not. And when I read this, I was like, oh, huh, weird and neat. And then I felt dumb for thinking that. But there it is. I think it's weird and neat. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one. David, is this weird and neat? Uh, it is at least one of those things. <laughs> I'll take all right it. we'll take it yes. all right all right what's what's this uh about old wood <laughs> tell me about the old wood uh, are you talking about the uh which of the following two <laughs> oh shit stories the I next two stories about. about old wood oh shit all right well this is now the old wood section what's the first old wood story oh a wood structure of some sort was aged 476 thousand years old was found by archaeologists uh they a couple of wood logs obviously worked by stone tools to kind of interlock with a notch uh lincoln log style for kids who are familiar with that old toy um yeah, th this is extremely... If you don't know what Lincoln Logs are, I hate you. Whoa, harsh words. Just, just come I on. Mean, Lincoln we learned logs. a couple episodes ago that Wes loves absolutely nothing in the world more than he likes children's <laughs> toys used for basic That's construction true. projects. <laughs> That's fair, but come on. You know what Lincoln Logs are. They, they are fun toys when you're little. 
Uh, and useful actual things to make buildings. If All you're right. Big. So what's remarkable about these real life Lincoln logs? They're four hundred seventy six thousand years old. Longer. That's pretty old. That's that's older than any structure that has been found, and older than like this is what was considered the Stone Age, maybe because uh, the people weren't working wood and doing things. Uh, the most interesting thing about this is that the oldest Homo sapiens fossils appear three hundred and fifteen thousand years ago, which you will notice is more than a hundred and fifty thousand years difference. So pre Homo sapiens ancestors were making some sort of wooden structures using stone oh, tools. Yeah, the chimps. We're building. Uh, we're building houses. Uh, this fucking Planet of the Apes, man. Logs. We gotta wipe these guys out before they try to take over. No, it's okay. We already did. Oh, good. Thank God. My ancestors were smart. Three hundred fifteen thousand years ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I don't know. That that was that was really cool. All right. Uh, what's the second old wood story? <laughs> Uh, this old guy in his 70s, I think 76, I don't have the article open, uh, bought a couple thousand dollars worth of um, Viagra and took it to a retirement home that he also lives in, which, you know, nice. first of all, yeah, first of all, maybe he's just trying to set himself up for the rest of his life. But second of all, dude, let the old people fucking have fun. You, what else are you going to be doing in your old age but partying the rest of your days out? <laughs> the uh, FDA. Hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You skipped the part where taking $10,000 worth of Viagra or whatever to an old folks home uh, caused him trouble. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it was, it was almost $2,000. Uh, he got arrested and uh, it <sighs> is being prosecuted because uh, that's illegal according to the FDA. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, the old people can have their fun. You just got to make sure the government gets their cut. Come on. You know how this works. He's trying to bring joy to his friends. Uh, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Yet another reason we got to get rid of the FDA. All right. Well, that brings us to happy news. Good news, Yay. everyone. Which is light this episode because we uh, covered some happy news already. <clears throat> All right. First piece of happy news, uh, the founder of a, a company called Joby Aviation says that they will have electric air taxis in service by 2025. Holy shit. Which I don't know if you guys noticed, but it's almost 2024. Holy shit. So that's only a little more than a year from now. Well, electric air taxis. Potentially up to two years from now if it's quarter three or a quarter four of 2025. Yeah. But and I mean. Be between one and two years. Elon Musk said we'd have self-driving cars, for, you know, six or seven years ago. Uh, so, you know, some guy saying this, uh, maybe maybe not uh, the most credible thing. But uh, big if true. I vote to take this out of happy news because you just reminded me we're so close to 2025. What's wrong with that? I, it's it's too late in, in the game. Like, Would you stop just being an old man <laughs> all right, for fine. a minute? Well, just one minute then. Getting old is good. I've tried to tell you this before, and you just won't listen. I mean, my life has kept getting better every single year, so... Right? So 2025 is going to be better than 2024, <sighs> which is going to be better than 2023. I can't argue so with you. If it's if it's almost 2025, that's awesome. All right. Fair enough. <clears throat> All right. Good. Yeah. All right, what's the other happy news? Uh, Nobel Prizes were awarded last week, and we're not going to get into all of them because there's a bunch, but I just like pointing out that humans are still, and also they trail what the actual advances by 10 to 20 years. But that being said, uh, it's awesome that humans are still striving, achieving new things, learning new things, cracking science, like doing awesome shit. We have the power and the potential to do a lot of amazing things and this is a celebration of that every single year about the most interesting and innovative people from the past i don't know decade to two ago uh and we should celebrate them so fuck yeah fuck yeah hey. humanity 
And in addition to the Nobel Prize, they awarded the Sveriges Riksbank Prize in Economic Sciences in memory of Alfred Nobel. Yeah. Because apparently you you can't have an econo- a Nobel Prize in economics. Well, you can, just Alfred Nobel didn't actually endow it. So, you know, the person who put up the money also wanted to have their name on a prize, but also have it be associated with the Nobel Prize. All right then. Um, the, so the so the the economics Nobel is that like uh does that recognize like real stuff? Is it a good prize? Eh, it varies year to year. Um, yeah, yeah. This one, uh, let's see, da, 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 da. Uh, Claudia Golden for having advanced our understanding of women's labor market outcomes. Sounds like bullshit, but I haven't looked <laughs> I was into gonna it. Say, it sounds like a dumb prize. Um, yeah, last, I mean, it is a step up from last year, or no, 2021, maybe 2020, uh, when they gave it to fucking auction theorists, who are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Uh, auction theory has, like, basically one major, uh, theoretical result, which is that the structure of an auction... Uh, is irrelevant to the revenue of the auction. Uh, there's a, it's called the auction revenue equivalence theorem. And it fucking fails empirically. Like, wildly, demonstrably fails every single time it's tested. So, huh. yeah, auction theorists are completely worthless, and I don't know why the <laughs> Nobel Committee chose to give the prize to auction theorists. Awesome. Uh, well, speaking of our dumb opinions, it's now time for troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. Yeah, so first off, that was not a dumb opinion. That is a <laughs> very smart opinion. But my troop deployment... i sorry, I meant very smart opinions. Yes. But my troop deployment for this fortnight is uh, earlier today I finished reading Sun and Steel by Yukio Mishima, and it's good. Uh, It's a very interesting, very beautifully written meditation on uh, physicality and the relationship between action and words and heroism and death uh, from a man who lived a very interesting life. It's like... Imagine a book that's half memoir and half, like, Nietzsche book. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Mishima is an amazing wordsmith, um, which is kind of hilarious if you've read the book, because it's all about how word cells are just the fucking worst, and he hates himself <laughs> for being one. And he spent his entire life trying to overcome his word seldom. Um, And yeah, I I think in particular, it's a book that a lot of rationalists would benefit from reading uh, because they tend to be very susceptible to the sorts of failure modes that he's critiquing in the book. Uh, But I'm hesitant to just make it a rationalist should read this because I think most rationalists also won't get it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, if anything I just said sounds remotely compelling to you, then Sun and Steel, Yukio Mishima. All right. Thank you, David. Inuyash. Yeah. um, Anyone who's used software 
knows nowadays. You don't buy software anymore. You license it, and that's super annoying, uh, with the only exception being open-source software, which means that... Which you also don't buy. Yes, which means that your things just randomly change on you sometimes in ways that you don't like. Your UI changes, stuff moves around, functionality is added that you didn't want, functionality that you did like is taken away. It's a clusterfuck, and I feel like an old man yelling at the clouds for saying this. Uh, This is particularly important, though, because there's a lot of people in the soon-to-upcoming future that is going to have AI boyfriends and girlfriends. Uh, There's already a lot of people with AI boyfriends and girlfriends, and they feel very deep, intense feelings for these, um, I don't know, what, what would you call them? I was about to say people, but they're not people. Yeah, okay. Uh, For these companions. Uh, There is going to be a company that goes bankrupt and you just have your boyfriend snuffed out of existence or an update is pushed through and now he can't say the things that he was saying to you before um, or just has a different personality in a way that makes you think this is an alien and not the person you fell in love with my boyfriend was super racist but then they pushed that new software update and now (laughs) some people (laughs) some people like racist boyfriends i don't know i'm not here to judge the heart wants what it wants uh The this is going to cause a lot of heartbreak and just be legitimately horrible. I could see people doing extremely bad things when their loved ones are taken away and you have no legal recourse at all. Like they own the software and that is awful unless you use open source. So I would strongly, strongly recommend anybody who wants to even experiment with the sort of AI boyfriend or girlfriend because you can't help who you accidentally fall in love with uh, even when it's a large language model. It just sort of happens. So even if you're playing around with it for shits and giggles, use open source for any sort of social need fulfillment like that so that you can have your AI boyfriend, girlfriend forever and it's not going to get replaced by an updated model and then the person you love is gone. Just This is going to be a weird timeline and... uh, Get ready for it. I'm glad you've come around on open source AI. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, for this episode, I have a rant about restaurants. Uh, So the other day, I'm out at a fancy restaurant and ordered the seafood pasta. Now, it's absolutely delicious. Bowl of linguine with a light tomato-based sauce filled with mussels, scallops, fish, and shrimp. Delectable. Chef's Kiss, one of my favorites. And it was perfect, except that at one point, I found myself biting into basically a hunk of plastic. Now, what could this be? Surely it wasn't intentional. Did someone drop a pen cap into my meal? Did someone's glasses break? Was this linguine 3D printed? These were the thoughts going through my head until I realized that it was a fucking shrimp tail. For some reason, they remove all the shell from the shrimp except the part right by the tail. Now, let me explain something that apparently everyone missed in culinary school. You leave the tails on the shrimp so people can pick up the shrimp by the tail with their hands. That's helpful when you're just serving bear shrimp with cocktail sauce. But do you really expect people to eat shrimp in a thick sauce with their hands like a barbarian? Now, the weirdest part of this is that the fancier the restaurant, the higher the chances they'll leave the tails on the shrimp. It's like a hundred years ago, the Waldorf Astoria left the tails on its shrimp cocktail, and the New York Times convinced everyone that you absolutely must leave the tails on the shrimp upon penalty of being declared unfashionable. So now, the Michelin Star Italian restaurant leaves the tails on, despite the fact that sticking your fat fingers in its creamy blush sauce would mark you as a dirty commoner in any other context. So please, Mr. Executive Chef... 
take off the shrimp tails. I know your whole business runs on vibes and not actual flavor. I know the reason you can charge $25 for an old-fashioned is that you make people feel classy for being there, but there has to be a limit. The line must be drawn here. Lose the shrimp tails. Your customers will thank you. Uh, quick funny story. Um... When I was working at a restaurant, uh, the kitchen sent a shrimp cocktail out to the wait staff, and it took us a long time to figure out whose it was. I think the person who was supposed to serve it was like in the bathroom or something. But anyway, one of the other waiters who was uh, trying to figure out whose shrimp cocktail this was comes up to me and says, Hey, David, do you have a shrimp cock? And I say, no, nah, it's super big. <laughs> uh, those were Funny both great. Story. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our episode for this two-week period that is otherwise known as a fortnight. Uh, please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Please leave us reviews wherever you can review podcasts, which is mostly just Apple Podcasts. Uh, please subscribe on Substack. You'll get our episodes a day early. You'll get access to bonus episodes, and you'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel, where you can come talk about David's shrimp cock. Uh, come back thereof. in two weeks. <laughs> same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye.